Welcome to Starman's Podcast. I waited for you to take a sip of that coffee. <coughs> oh shit, she's dying already. It's Starman's in the morning. It's Starman's in the morning and we are going down and we are not driving because we're in our gowns. And by gowns I mean... Oh, you're still going. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, by, sorry. By gowns I mean we're in our uh, pajamas in the morning. Because we just woke up and there's two stinky fucking dogs. Let's go. Boom. Mm. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's enough of that. Well, goddamn. We should do these in the morning more often. We this is should. my peak brain power. This was good. That yeah. was a good intro. That's probably the best one yet. Maybe we should just replace the, our intro with that song every time. <laughs> Welcome to the morning in Starman's. Woo. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so I'm a bad boy, and I've been putting off... I had a really good idea. I have, like, a spark of innovation for a topic, and I was like, oh, that'd be really cool to talk about on the podcast, but it's totally, like, way out of left field for me. <clears throat> and then uh, and then I learned, like, enough about it to be dangerous, but it didn't really have enough... Ew, it's slimy. Just get out of the way. Then it didn't have enough girth to, like sustain itself for an hour you know we all have that problem from time to time is not... that the stop not... don't look at it so not this one no we're not doing it today <sighs> probably it's ever just, it's good yes we are and it's gonna be a mini episode it just doesn't have enough I don't care. it doesn't have to have enough it could be i feel like minutes. i can recover the entire thing in a paragraph it's still a good story. So anyway, um, if you're coming Whatever. off the latest episode and I said something about the afterlife, disregard that because this has nothing to do with the afterlife. Such a bummer. <clears throat> um, Should have. But we're going to pick a topic that is directly related to my career and something I can speak totally at length about and nerd all about. And that is going to be how the internet works because it's it's actually pretty fascinating. Yeah, I bet. And not a lot of people know how it works. Like people mm -hmm. are just like it's just there, it happens. I pay you to take care of it and shut the fuck up. I don't want to know anything about it. But if you actually like it's not like I don't know. It's it's got its own little niche. So anyway, are we ready to dive into it? Yes. Cool. Uh, uh yes. Uh yes. Okay, so um yeah, the internet as we know it today was not invented by a single person. Well, sort of. We'll get to that. Okay, well, you just contradicted yourself there. So well, it's a good start. The internet as we know it today wasn't created by a single person, but the internet itself was created by a single person uh, back in the day. So it was basically a result of the work of many scientists, engineers, and researchers around the world. Some key figures in the development of the internet include Vint Cerf and Bob Kahn, who developed the TCP IP protocol, which we'll talk about a little bit. And in 1989, the single person who invented the quote-unquote internet was Tim Berners-Lee. Uh, you might have heard his name before. He invented the World Wide Web, which is sort of a internet-based hypermedia initiative for global information sharing while at CERN, of course. Fucking anything cool-related is mm. created at CERN. Right. Um, in the European Particle Physics Laboratory. <laughs> yeah, full circle. Physics and internet coming together. I'm not surprised at all, though. Yeah. So uh, he wrote the first web client and server in 1990. Mm -hmm. His specifications uh, of URLs, HTTP, which we still use today, sort of, and HTML, which we definitely still use today. 
and they were refined as technology spread throughout the world. So basically, the internet existed in a way, or at least computers and processing information, but sharing that information was not invented until Tim Berners-Lee was like, why don't I make like a central server that we can put a bunch of like lab studies on, right? And then me and you as scientists can access that data from the server. Right. And how am I going to do that? Well, I'll create this thing called a URL. And that will be an address that we can type into a thing called a web client. Sure. Like Google Chrome, for instance. So when you visit Facebook.com, you're doing that same thing that Tim Berners-Lee created in 1990, except, except you're doing it on a much larger scale. And instead of like a couple of scientists in one local area network, it's, you're, it's millions of people over a wide area network. So we'll talk about that as well. So IP um, and IP, TCP, IP... Uh, to sort of give you the layman's terms on that. So if I say TCP IP in this episode, I want you to remember this about it. And that is, um, I call it the home analogy. So if you have a home with an address, which hopefully you do, if not, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) You might have a P.O. box (laughs) or something. (laughs) Shit, this got dark real quick. Okay, well, anyway, so I'm going to assume that you have a home address. And if you do, um, you can think of that as your IP address. So, um, well, for the sake of uh, analogies, for the analogy, there you go. We'll uh, we'll say that ours is 123 Dairy Lane. Okay. So we live at 123 Dairy Lane, and that's our quote unquote IP address. Maybe 123 Starman's Lane. Yes, that's way better. Why did I say Dairy Lane? Okay, 123 Starman's Lane. Yeah, apparently. So. One two three Starman's Lane. Okay, so if I wanted to send adre- an address or a package to a different address, um, I just had an aneurysm. Um, I would address it right. I would write the envelope out. It's from one two three Starman's Lane, and I would address it to you know three two one uh, Star Talk Lane. Cool. Right here we go. What's up, Neil? Neil. <laughs> so we're we're sending a letter to. Uh, to start talk right and um and that's sort of how the internet works too um except instead of an address you get an ip address so let's say that the our ip address is 192.168.1.1 and star talk is 192.168.1.2 okay sure so you can also think of the first three halves in most cases but not all but just for the sake of keeping it simple we'll think of the first three parts of that ip address as the it's called a subnet address so it'll it'll be the sort of like road that you live on okay so if we live on the same road and i want to send an address to you then the only difference in the address would probably just be that last number right one two three four etc um and that's not the case with all private ip addresses but um we're not going to talk about like subnetting and all that that's a nightmare um to try to explain so anyway, um, moving on from that, when I say TCP IP, just think of it as a home address and you're sending a letter to your friend, right? You address it to someone else. So the IEEE is the world's largest technical professional organization dedicated to advancing technology for the benefit of humanity. So it's not actually like, it's actually interesting. The IEEE isn't like law in order, but everybody in technology follows those laws. It's kind of like Wikipedia in a way, like a centrally, okay. like everybody can add their own thing to it. Right. Um, but it becomes like the word of God in the technology world when 
you have a IEEE, uh, they're called RFC protocols or request for comments. Mm-hmm. So basically, the IEEE, you can go online and type in IEEE RFCs and scroll through the millions of them published. But they standardize things like TCP IP configurations, subnetting, protocols. Um, when you are connecting like a client to a server, what is the best practice to do that? The IEEE is the place to go and, and find that information, right? It's the tech Google. It's the tech Google, for sure. If, if Basically, if you're working with a protocol and something's messed up about it, you want to just check the RFC for it. And it's funny because uh, the the IEEE has a standardization for Armageddon, basically. <laughs> like, if there is no internet or power in the future, you can actually still send internet protocol over the quote-unquote web with okay. a RFC that they publish called 1149. So if you Google RFC 1149, and we'll post a picture on Instagram of this, you'll come up with a data transmission via avian carrier protocol. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even joking. This is a real thing mm-hmm. where you can send data, a.k.a. like a note, a letter, and you can mm-hmm. ball it up, give it to a bird, and the bird goes and flies it off and, and transmits that data. That's an actual RFC publication. How do you get the bird? You just have to have your own avian. I think it literally, it's so technically detailed that it even like states like how to like purchase an avian bird and like how to train it, like where to bring it to train it. Like it's that technically detailed where it's like- It has to be though. It literally has to be because it is a standardization. Right. Yeah, so, and it's like long. Like it's not of like- Of course, it's, not, not, it's like, not like buy a bird, send the bird. Right. With info. It's like, and it goes down to like how how you could te- technically encrypt that data. So if like it were someone were to shoot down- Intercept it, yeah. yeah. it's it's crazy, it's good. It's shoot awesome. the, someone were to shoot your fucking pigeon? Yeah, you don't want, yeah, you want- <laughs> You don't want someone to shoot your avian carrier and steal shoot your, your raven, message. Send a raven. What if you're sending nudes to your wife, like across seas? You know. Send a raven. You don't want someone to to transmit or intercept that avian and steal your nudies. Yeah. So anyway. Could be worse things, I guess. <laughs> so before the development of TCP/IP, there were actually several competing network protocols that were used because it was an open source project, right? The internet was just like this thing that happened. But, like, it wasn't like the government created it. It was just like a person did, right? Sure. And they were like, hey, here's how the internet works. So, obviously, like, IBM and Apple at the time were like, oh, we want to we wanna create our own protocols that are proprietary, so you have to use our protocols. Right. Could you imagine a world right now where you hooked your TV up to the internet, but it didn't work with the same internet that your MacBook create? Like connects to you'd have to have like your own Apple router. You would have to buy yeah, or in you your own Vizio services. router yeah. So thank God that humans were smart enough to be like no okay we need so one. You mean more not greedy enough yet? Right yet yet right. But before TCP/IP was the catch-all right there was actually it started to happen. Okay so they're not surprised at all. Right. So there was NCP, the Network Control Program, developed in the late 60s by a team uh, at the Advanced Research Project Agency called ARPANET. NCP was the first protocol used to connect computers on the ARPANET. Mm -hmm. So had that one actually dominated, we wouldn't be calling it the internet. We'd be calling it the ARPANET. Isn't that interesting? It is very interesting. So that was the very first one. There was one called IPX, the Internet or Internetwork Packet Exchange. 
Um, developed by Novell in the 80s, IPX was used in the primary protocol in the company NetWare operating system for local area networks, LANs. And by the way, network engineers have been a profession since like the internet was born in the 60s. Well, yeah. Um, I've, t- I've told my coworkers that were like alive during that time and doing network engineering that I would not be a network engineer during this time. It would be way too much of an, a headache. Could you imagine like going? Yeah, everything's to, literally like step by step by step by step versus clicking and I, coding. Right. Well, I could barely wrap my head around TCP/IP on a daily basis. Could you imagine like going to a, like a grocery store and then being like, "Hey, can you fix our internet?" and being like, "Okay, what protocol do you use?" And then like based off that one protocol, that it acts differently on the network. It's built differently. I'm like, "Fuck that." There's no way that I could remember all these, and they're all changing too throughout the years too. So. Fun. Yeah, anyway, so that was uh, IPX. So you have NCP, IPX. Then there was, of course, fucking Apple Talk. Yes, this is a real thing. Apple created their own in 1980, and it was used to connect, guess what, just Macintosh computers to other devices on a local area network. So yeah, Apple did have their own proprietary networking if protocol. If they started it, Apple's going to do it. Of course. Any other company, they're like, oh, yep, we right. got to do it. Thank God, though, uh, Steve Jobs and, and Wozniak, they were... They were pioneers at software engineering, mm-hmm. but they were not the best at the physical side of things right. where you connect networks together. So had they pioneered that, oh, my God, it would be what a nightmare that would be. There'd be TCP IP and Apple Talk, and you'd have to know both. And then lastly, there is DECnet, or Developed by Digital Equipment Corporation, DEC, in the 1970s. And it was used to connect DEC microcomputers and mainframes. So you probably have never heard of DEC. No. But they were like an old infrastructure company, kind of like IBM. Right. And they created their own protocol proprietary to their equipment. So, um, yeah, basically what happened was later on uh, the Internet became so widespread that they were like, shit, we need a standardization or else this is going to be a nightmare. Right. Right. There, there's going to be like 50 protocols and they're all going to be different. We need to standardize it. So that's where the IEEE came in and was like, hey, TCP IP is the way to go. Um, and um, yeah, basically it was dictated by an overarching protocol system called the OSI seven layer protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has like, that's still a thing even in network engineering today. Um, but we refer to it as TCP IP because right. it's basically the same thing. Same same idea, anyway. <clears throat> so TCP IP was developed in the later, later in the 1970s, so it's actually an earlier protocol than some of these, but became standard protocol for the internet communication in the 1980s, replacing the earlier protocols mentioned, aforementioned. Right. Um, so now that you know all about TCP IP and that it's the number one protocol in the world for networking... How does the internet actually work? Right. Right. When you type a message to your friend on Facebook or Messenger or Instagram and you hit send, what is actually happening on the back end of things? So chances are, nine times out of ten, you're at home and you're connected to your Wi-Fi network. That's pretty much how most of America, at least, connects to the internet. Uh, Either that or through a cord, which is, for the sake of this purpose, we'll call it the same thing, even though it's technically not, but... Same protocols in place. Um, so your phone connects to probably a 
wireless modem router combination device. Okay, for most humans on Earth that don't know anything about networking, this is going to be the device of choice. It's just a single box that you plug in with a coaxial cable that, for, that your ISP gives you. Mm -hmm. Right, your, pro your ISP probably comes in and installs it for you. Sure. Nine times out of ten, or you buy it and they make you hook it up. And you connect this device and it gives you a wireless network. You can connect to it with a password. Um, and you immediately get internet access. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? It means that your internet service provider, your ISP, has provided you the back-end infrastructure, which is called the wide area network. So they've taken care of all that for you. They have the wires on the pole. Mm -hmm. They go to a central place. Okay. They have their own servers in place that allow for this thing called DNS, which is how when you type in like Facebook.com, it knows what the fuck you're talking about. Mm -hmm. They do that all for you. And all, all you have to worry about is your local area network. Okay, you probably heard that before. You might have even had a LAN party before. I was just looking up Steve Jobs' worth in the middle of that at his death and then what he'd be worth now, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And Wozniak's too. Wozniak has a. I think he just has shares. He, Apple's owned by shares mostly. Right. Sixty percent. Oh, is he's like he's wealthy rich. I just he's not as he's rich not as, as rich as, as you think. It's only right. hundred mil. Yeah. Steve Jobs at death was two fifty mil, but if he kept everything that he had, he'd be mm. forty billion right now. Yep. If he didn't die from pancreatic cancer. Right. Rip so. Steve Jobs. Right. Damn, I didn't even know he died from pancreatic cancer, which is... Oh, you didn't? I had no idea how he I actually, died. Actually, uh, a lot of people that followed Apple pretty religiously at that time kind of watched him decline because he got really skinny. It's very quick. And, and his hair loss, mm -hmm. and it was he looked sick by the time he was it's still It's quick, and it's one you. of the worst ways to fucking die, that's for sure. So. Yeah. It, everyone knew it was coming. They were like, something's wrong. Like, he used to be kind of pudgy and, mm. and high energy, and he got real... Like, his latest... Probably the last, like, presentation he did. He looked sickly. Like, he was... Well, yeah. yeah. He has pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Like I said, one of the worst ways to fucking die. You, you, Your body digests itself from the inside out, essentially. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's awful. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, so, um, so local area networks. Mm -hmm. um, that is that home address sort of uh, analogy that I gave you earlier. Um, technically speaking, your smart TV and your phone... They live on the same street, okay? Mm -hmm. They're all on this. They can communicate together if they want, which is kind of fucked up because I wanted to talk about how internet-aware applications work. Your phone, if you install an application, say Facebook, for instance, um, and not, not any more so much, but before, it, it was internet-aware, which means it could take information about your local area network and use that data to advertise, to collect information you truly think they still don't do that oh no they do but there are uh, like for instance apple has created i don't know if you've noticed in the last couple updates but when you install a new application it says would you allow this app to why are you giving me that face this is an actual you, thing you think i pay attention to that you've definitely seen it there's a pop-up that says allow this app to track data oh yeah that's that's been around for a long time though only a couple years really yeah oh i would say no before that before that, it would just allow it. Okay. No. And there's this huge lawsuit between Facebook and Apple. Yeah. Because Apple was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take that metadata that you rely so heavily on. They that that like is it. that is 90% of your profit margin. Mm -hmm. 
and we're going to ask the consumer if they want that to happen or right. not. And and Facebook's like, no, don't. You know what happened two months later? Meta happened. Hmm. They they pivoted because they knew they were going to get fucked. Well, yeah, because no one's going to approve someone watching your every move. Right. Most people. Nope. Most people. Most people. Fucking Zuckerberg. Yep. It's a piece of shit. So what Facebook was doing was when you installed Facebook and you were browsing the internet on your phone or browsing the internet on a device on your network, it was collecting that data. Yeah. If you, you could talk about fucking having a baby and then the next ad would be. Uh, yeah. That's, or a day later. Right. Yeah. The, I believe in that, but like it's that. hard It's hard to, um, to prove that one. But it is 100% true that if you watched a show, right, mm-hmm. if you put on a show about like Forged in Fire right? Yeah. You go on Instagram because Instagram's owned by Facebook mm-hmm. and you get an ad for like knives. Knives. Yeah, exactly. Because it knew what was happening on your network. So right. there are things that you could do. And I actually made a TikTok about this recently to prevent that. There are like settings in your router that you can adjust that do like this thing called network segregation, which each device, each device is isolated in their own little network. So, right, it so can't they can't communicate. all communicate with each other. Right. There should be no reason that your smart toaster is talking to your smartphone. But, of course, we're Those living in an... smart toasters are expensive. We're living in an age of IoT, which is called Internet of Things. And that is your smart light, Alexa, your smart fridge, your smart fucking toaster. Roomba, your smart toaster. Your smart Roomba. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. And all these devices are made to communicate with each other. Of course they are. So I'm not. I'm not being like... I'm not that guy that's like, oh, my God, we're going to be taken over by robot overlords. But it is true that we're creating an environment where it could be abused very easily. Mm-hmm. And don't think that it isn't because it totally is. Um, but anyway, I wanted to circle back on that device that you have at home called a, a wireless modem router. Before that fancy term, there was actually all separate devices. And in corporate networks, there are still separate devices for all these things. Chances are... Your at-home device acts as a switch, a router, a wireless, uh, uh, what do they call it, a, a wireless access point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a modem. It's also a firewall. But all of those things that I listed off are separate devices that you can purchase and network in a, in a way that's logical and, and safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but most people don't really care about that. Um, it, in most cases, if you're just running internet at home, um, that's going to be sufficient enough for you. But of course, if you're a nerd like me, you probably want like multiple devices. You want like your own wireless access points. You might even create your own wireless networks. One for like your local area network that has isolated hosts and one for IOT devices that are, is totally separate on a different network that can't, can't, couldn't possibly communicate with anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. So everything IoT related is on its own separate network that couldn't possibly be uh, connected to our LAN. So, but that's just me being weird. Um, so moving on from that. That's you being smart. <clears throat> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so I, I'd like to talk a little bit about data, data getting, which mm-hmm. is actually something that is referenced in Silicon Valley, but it's actually a very real thing. So the risk of running out of data uh, storage capacity depends on the technology and method used for data storage. Uh, currently, data storage capacity is increasing at a rapid rate, and the cost of storage is decreasing, which is really good. This means that it's unlikely that we will run out of data storage capacity in the near future. 
However, as the amount of data being generated and stored continues to grow, there is a risk of data storage becoming too expensive for individuals, organizations, country, or countries to afford. Yikes. Additionally, if the data storage technology is not sustainable, it may become a problem in the future. Another concern is that if data is not properly managed, it can become difficult to find and access information that is needed, which can lead to wasted resources and lost opportunities. This is sort of the job of like of software developers these days is like when you create a app like TikTok or YouTube that has a shit ton of data added to it every day. There's some there's some statistic like there's like eight terabytes of data uploaded to YouTube a day or something. That's a lot of fucking data. And if you're trying to parse through that as a search engine, that's going to become a problem if it's every day for so many years, right? There's no purge on the flip side? Oh, I guess you can't really. No, there isn't. That'd be a violation of people's accounts. There, yeah, technically. Unless you have like an inactive account and then you can <laughs> bloop it, right? Could you blip yeah, people's you inactive accounts? That would help. Yeah, I'm sure they do something like that. But the retention part of it isn't the issue. It's more of the data compression part. The search. Right. So the key is to have good data management practices. And a it could be a good solution for the data storage problem. It's worth noting that there are also efforts to reduce the amount of data being stored by only keeping the data that is truly necessary and removing like duplicates or ir irrelevant information. Mm -hmm. So actually throughout my day of work, what we typically look for is like, data replication or like if you are taking backups what that retention policy looks like retention meaning like um you know do you want to keep it for seven years are you required by law to keep it for seven years because if it's financial data it could be but if it's just like user data you know do you want to just compress that and archive it or would you rather just get rid of it um so i also wanted to talk about how google is actually creating this thing called an underwater data center so Google right now creates all of their data centers above ground, and they're actually so fucking big and sort of destructive to the environment that um, it's becoming a problem. Hmm. So what Google's trying to do is create, like, basically an underwater submarine, this massive submarine that isn't a boat. It's not intended for floating. It's more of like a big room underwater. But they keep the pressure uh, underwater, like... Um, close to like the close to like what a vacuum would be because mm -hmm. obviously humans aren't going to be be in there or whatever but they create a data center and what a data center is, is essentially just an interconnected server room of mm -hmm. like hard drives like you know how you can take a thumb drive plug it into your computer and throw throw data on it sure you can think of a data center like billions of little usb flash drives right uh, interconnected together and what you can do is you can rack those and route those to the internet and then give that data to other people. So when you create a website, where do you think that data is stored that you're putting in the cloud, mm -hmm. stored on those data centers right. somewhere? You're just paying for that. So they, it's called a um, server farm. And um, you can just pay like a monthly subscription for so much data. 99 cents right. for 100 gigs or whatever it is. Right. But once those... you run out of your cloud on your phone. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's actually very cleverly built. You could, um, let's say, like, oh, no, what happens if uh, a data center goes down or like um, or like a server like blows up, you know, catches fire. Some, some accident happens. Wh mm -hmm. What happens to my data? Well, nine times out of ten, they're taking backups of your data. Right. And they would just throw it on a different storage unit and, like, reroute your access to that. Right. And a lot of that happens um, 
instantaneously and uh, automatic like it's automated like it's not some person being like let me just move these files over here it's like built into the program that's like if you lose this space we migrate it over here and additionally amazon web services which is a um like you can buy like servers online um so instead of like buying raw data and like storing your stuff there you can buy like server space and they'll create these things called virtual machines and the virtual machines live in the cloud and they do the same thing. Let's say your virtual machine goes down or the device that is hosting it goes down. It will automatically just shift that over to a new location. Right. And you'll actually see that with like major outages of like Facebook or Google. They have multiple servers running um, at the same time. But sometimes you'll see like something go down for like a few hours and come back up. What's happening is probably someone did maintenance on that device. They unplugged it by accident. Some some something happened you know it could be like a earthquake or something and that data was just migrated to a new server mm -hmm. and so that's why it's like oh this website is down it'll be back up later sometimes you'll see that that's probably what's happening right or one of other i mean there's like 80 different reasons that could happen but for like larger companies that's typically what happens um, also, I wanted to talk about how Amazon is creating an underwater power generator currently, which is kind of cool. So what they do is they take this is sort of sort of related because they're going to use it to power their data centers. But it's like this buoy device, right, with like a um, think of it as an underwater buoy, except it has a piston at the top. And when a wave crashes over it, it pushes that piston down mm. and then it brings it up and pushes it down, brings mm. it up as waves crash over it. And that, obviously, it's massive and generates a lot of power and energy. So it's using the waves to to push this piston down and generate electricity. Right. And it's sending that electricity to the data centers. Right. And you could actually, I wish Amazon and Google would couple it. I'm sure there's something going on there where they're using that underwater piston to generate the underwater data center power. Right. That would be cool. So it's like, in the future, it's like all of your data lives underwater and it's powered by water water i mean we're killing the ocean we might as well fucking use this empty vast space oh i know you know what's fucked up to <laughs> totally unrelated but i fucking hate when people are like save the trees plant all the trees we need the oxygen you know what the oxygen 70 percent of go the on. world's oxygen go i'm about to go go fucking 70 70 percent of the world's oxygen is created by phytoplankton save the oceans we could live without trees we could. We could kill all the trees, burn them, burn them all down, and still have plenty of oxygen well, to go. you don't put that carbon in the air. Well, you know what? I'm just, this is just an analogy. I'm just saying. Yeah. Instead of planting a yeah. tree, how about stop throwing your fucking trash yeah. in the ocean, you son of a bitch? Yeah! <laughs> okay, that's my rant. Nice. Save the oceans. Gang, gang. Not the trees. Um, <laughs> tree, trees are good. Save the trees, too. Save but... the trees. There's, there's like a whole... There's like a whole ecosystem happening with trees. Mm -hmm. You should care about the trees for that reason, not for oxygen. I don't like it when people put like a hundred plants in their apartment. They're like, the oxygen's so much better. It's like it's like 0.02% at best, Karen. Shut the fuck up, Kyle. Shut square the fuck up, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan just yeeted your phone, by the way. Sorry, I had to leave the room for a minute. <laughs> you were scaring me. Okay. Shut the fuck up, Kyle. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about on our list 
is um, like hacking and security of the internet because that's kind of a hot topic. Right. Uh, you think? Yeah. So it's actually funny. I get a lot of DMs throughout my day uh, off TikTok. I do. Okay. Do you want to go through them all? We can. I don't. Um, and a lot of them are like, my boyfriend, I think he's cheating on me, and I want you to hack his Instagram because you're a hacker and see if he's cheating on me. I just want to see, like, his likes. I don't care about messages. I trust him. I Like, I'm serious. I get this daily. Delete. That, yeah, I don't even Block. read them anymore. Um, or that, or it's like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to hack the NSA. Don't tell anyone. I'm like, whoa, that's illegal. Okay, <laughs> we're not doing that. Most... I'd say if I were to throw a percentage at it, and that this might actually be pretty accurate, 80% of the internet security comes from this thing called social engineering, okay? So let me paint a scenario for you, if you will. Let's say that my ex has, I know she has Verizon. Sure. But she's like, you know, I want to like know more about her or whatever. It's just hypothetical. I'm just giving you a scenario of social engineering, okay? Sure. Um, and I want to know like who she's texting, right? <clears throat> um, first of all, you need a subpoena to request that sort of information. Right. So how do I hack it? Okay. So I call Verizon and I, I go, hello there. I'm uh, Mr. Hoopenschleimer, my ex's last name. And my daughter has a Verizon plan with you guys. And um, here's her number. It's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten, And, um, and, uh, you know, could you guys help me out? Uh, she's having trouble. She's in the hospital. She got into a bad car accident, and we need to figure out. Um, we need we need to figure out uh, what you know if she was texting during that time for like a. It, it's a law thing. The police are asking. Can you help me out? Okay, Mister Hoopenschleimer. Um, you know, do you have the pin on the account? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't. My daughter is very. You know, she's she's on life support in the hospital. Is there anything you can do to help me out? Oh, I'm, so, I'm really sorry to hear that, you know, um, well, maybe, um, maybe if you can answer a security question. Yeah, sure, I, I might be able to do that. Okay, uh, Mr. Ho- Hoopenschleimer, what was the street that she grew up on? Oh, um, you know, I, uh, you, uh, her, her mother and I got a divorce, uh, you know, when she was young, and it must have been her mother's place. Is there, is there anything you can do? She's on life support, you know. She really needs this. We really need this as a family. You know, just making them feel bad. Social engineering them, right? Sure, this sure, is all sure. a lie. Yeah. And of course, okay, sir, let me give you the account. You know, here's who she was texting. Okay, thank you so much. You've been a lifesaver. That's social engineering. Getting information basically based off of a lie or like coaxing someone into giving you information, right? All of this it's data. It's manipulation, actually. Right. Well, social engineering, basically. Yeah, manipulation. So you're, you're basically an – like – I hate to say this, but most of your security lies behind a human. Right. Right. That's funny that you literally just did that entire scenario because I've had, on the flip side, I've had a patient whose father has been dead for three months and they cannot close his account. Right. Because he doesn't know any of his information, doesn't know his pin, he doesn't know that. And they're like, right. we can't release any of that. And he's like, he's dead. Here's the death certificate. Like, that's not good enough. Right. And so, you know what Which they Which is ha- why they you need a subpoena. Do? No. Or, or some legal documentation. He didn't have power of attorney. Right. So what he had to do was he went to the bank itself and said, stop all transactions from this company. Cut oh, yeah. it. And yeah. then had to close the account to stop them. And then 
they're like, well, you know, it's not going to negatively affect his credit because he's fucking dead. Right. So, so the account closes. And the account closes. Resolves. It goes in. They flag it, whatever. If he tries to create a new one, Verizon's going to be like, eh, but he's not. He's dead. Right. So yeah. crazy. Like, so there's like, it's literally a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Like, that's not good enough. A death certificate's not good enough. They're like, no, we need, we need more proof. Like, right. poor Wayne. Yeah. Poor fucking Wayne. Well, it sucks because back in the early days, you used to be able to get away with that quite a lot. Well, yeah. Because people were just nice. People, well, also, people didn't understand that everyone's looking, you know, this is a dog-eat-dog world. This is right. everyone's hacking each other. Right. There's nothing personal or private anymore. So you have to be really fucking careful, and it's getting worse, and it's getting worse, and right. it's getting worse. And it, it sucks and now for... It's, at least people are getting more aware. Right. But... Well, that's the thing. is It's a hassle for a reason. It's a hassle because you could, with that sort of information, right, I could call around and... To like eight different companies and start collecting somebody. data. Yeah, yeah, you could find somebody. You could open up credit cards. You could steal their identity just based off of where they live, their their socials on their phone account. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? And if you know, you know, some of these Giving companies. People ideas right now, but. Well, uh, so here's the thing about hacking, though, is like, it's funny because a lot of people talk about like how to hack. And it's like, you're just giving them ammunition. And it's like, right. But if you're aware of that information. If I give that information out to 10 people in the room, right? Right. And everybody knows that you can get hacked by being lied to like that. Right. Then that one hacker out of the 10 is going to have a harder time doing that to people because everyone knows. It's called uh, security by information. Right. Right. And so it's, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around because it's like, here's how I can... Uh, hack an IP address. Sure. And people will get so mad at that because they're like, you're just giving hackers tools to hack. Sure, sure, sure. It's like, right, but if you are if you are aware that when you say, for instance, port forward your router for your Minecraft server, <laughs> right? If you're aware that that is a vulnerability, you yeah. might you might think twice before you do it. Right? Right. Or you might look at um, hosting a Minecraft server on some hosting service that's more secure sure um rather than doing that because now you know it can be done before you if you didn't know that you just go ahead and do it and then you get hacked sure so anyway social engineering is like 80 percent of hacking these days and still is to this day um, yeah the india people preying on old geriatric victims Right. Uh, it's scare tactics too yes. they use that a lot and then they you've scream. been hacked you, we have your ip address we will we will release all of your private information you to the public if money. you don't send us Bitcoin. Yeah, okay, that's... Mm -hmm. If Bitcoin has anything to do with it, you know it's fake. Right. Um, anyway, uh, the other is attributed to, like, actual hacking. Old protocols that are still in place that you can manipulate. Old applications that are still deployed on infrastructure that you can actually hack into and, right. and manipulate. Um, there's this thing called malware, which is... Uh, Basically, think of it like this. You release some sort of virus on the network that is able to reach your data and encrypt it. And once it's encrypted, you use an encryption method that only the hackers know the key to. Right. And so what they do is they hold that hostage. It doesn't matter if they collected that data or if they, you know, if you're talking about customer information and you're a medical clinic, for instance, mm -hmm. that's a big fucking problem. That's a it's a HIPAA violation. That's a lawsuit on your hand. That's a bad reputation. If you get caught. If you get caught. Do you know how many times, how often that happens? Oh, I bet a lot. I could call probably a family, my my mom's family medicine, be like, I'm her daughter. She's in the hospital. I need this. 
I need her medical charts, and they'll probably send me over. Yeah, if you're convincing enough, sure. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. People don't think about that. No, they don't. They don't sign releases, nothing. It's like... It's because they either feel bad or something's going because on. Because it's some 16-year-old and... secretary getting paid $14 an hour who doesn't give a fuck about patient information to be released. Right. That's why I didn't hire anybody. Yeah. No, thank you. Anyways. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's that's a gist of security uh, on the internet and um, and hacking and all that. It, I could go into depth with more things, but, like, there's no point. It's just that's, like, 80% and 20%. 80% social engineering, 20% actual like black hat hacking and stuff right actual on the internet whatever right but if you're going to take away anything from this episode you should know that your first line of defense to anything your your company that you work for your network your home network your personal information is you you mm -hmm. yourself so um or human in, in general so anyway that's uh that's the whole episode if you have any questions or want to like send us information um, for future episodes, feel free to give us an email at starmanspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram. We're going to be doing a giveaway. We just got some cool merch. If you want a life, once in a lifetime chance for a signature at Dr. Lady Kristen Moody Jesus and Christ. network engineer, entrepreneur, Terra Nova Technology, aka Anthony Toronto. Then, uh, then hit us up on our Instagram. We'll be doing a giveaway of a sick sticker that we signed. You're an entrepreneur now. Uh, yes. Did you add that to the end of your name? Entrepreneur. It's in your Extraordinaire. title. Extraordinaire. Oh, I. That's news to me. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. We, we sell merch, so now I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. Y yes. All right. Uh, I think that's it. You got anything? Other closing statements? Closing arguments? Fucking mint. Bye. Okay, bye. Welcome to Starman's Podcast. I'm going to be doing this podcast by myself this morning because Kristen is listening to her music on her noise-canceling headphones, and she can't hear anything that I'm saying. She's completely oblivious to everything that's coming out of my mouth right now. She's petting her dog, thinking it's cute. Oh, she's looking at me. I don't think she... Oh, she's pausing. Oh, shit. Can she hear me? Yes, she can. Hello. The, the, part, the podcast has started. I'm just going to do it without you. Still nothing. Okay. She's looking at me like she <laughs> is understanding what's coming out of my mouth, but just ignoring me now. Okay, great. Love that for me.